This podcast is brought to you in part by Surewinder, the industry-leading tool for winding residential and commercial springs with a cordless drill. Your business depends upon having the best technicians. Ensure their shoulder health with Surewinder tools. See us at surewinder.com. Hey there, everybody. My name is Hannah. Welcome to another episode of Torsion Talk, the podcast where we talk about the garage door industry and how you can grow your garage door business. Hey, Garage Door guys, this is Ryan with Torsion Talk Podcast. want to welcome you to another episode. Uh, today, I am proud to interview uh, one of two people that I admire a lot in the industry and what they're doing. They're shaking things up. They're giving back. That's my heart. And so uh, I'm super proud to announce that uh, we have Christina Schusler. Did I pronounce that right? You did. Yay. So we got Christina Schusler. Christina is married to Scott and Christina and Scott, how I met them was through, uh, you guys have heard me mention before the garage door deplorables group on Facebook and, um, garage door tech deplorables. And, uh, that group is a tight group that has done a lot of good and I enjoy being part of it because my heart is, uh, helping and, and, giving back. And so I want to welcome Christina. Christina, tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, you and Scott, actually, since Scott is absent at the moment. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, said I am a garage door woman in the world. Um, my husband and I, Scott, who is out on an emergency call for one of our commercial accounts. Uh, we run a company here in North Dallas, Texas. Um, we're a small operation. Um, it's him and I and some subcontractors. We really like what we do. We've been doing it for a little over a decade. Um, we do mostly residential service and installs. We do have a few commercial accounts that we've kind of gained on trust over the years. Um, we really like it and it sticks with our life pretty good with our busy family. That's awesome. So speaking of family, you're a mom of two, I think, right? We have three, actually. Three. Oh, wow. You're outnumbered. And Scott's kind of like a fourth. Uh, that's the understatement of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, let's chill right there for just a second, because I just want to say, like, Scott comes off one way, but there's like, I feel like there's this underlying, like, really loving, caring, loyal person and he he comes off kind of wild and crazy and never serious but i don't think that's like the true scott is that the true scott um i think it's equal parts to be really honest with you um the word loyal is is a pretty big one if you describe him he uh when it comes to family when it comes to friends when it you know anything like that he's you can always count on him um but as far as like the little unhinged, little rough around the edges. That's still most definitely Scott. <laughs> That's awesome. I love how he's just himself, but I think Absolutely. he's, he might be rough around the edges and a little bit crazy, but he's very caring. Like he does oh, have that very caring. And so it's uh, it's interesting to see that dynamic with him. Um, how did you guys meet? Uh, we probably shouldn't have ever the, the, 
the cosmos lining up for us is a little odd when you think about it. Um, we're 10 years apart. Um, we grew up not far from each other. Who's the, um, who's the oldest? <laughs> Scott, come on now. Okay. So he's robbing the cradle a little bit. Okay. Absolutely. Now you were um, legal at this time, right? Absolutely. Okay, I was good. 20 when we met. Um, so we've been together for about a decade now. Um, we shouldn't have met. I don't know if you, if you go back and look at it, it doesn't make any sense. We grew up in totally different worlds per se. Um, only an hour from each other necessarily, but just, just different environments. I grew up in a small town. He did not, um, hung with different crews, all that kind of stuff. Um, we actually, I grew up with a kid, um, and about 20 that, that person became a mutual friend of ours by chance. Um, and we oddly met, I decided to go to a house party one night when I was 20 years old and it was Scott's house. <laughs> oh, wow. And that was kind of the rest of that story. There's, there's nothing else to tell. It was, it was it from there. So what was a house party like at Scott's house? I guess he's 30 at this time, right? He was 30. Uh, he was a, he was a fairly new bachelor. Um, so when you talk about that, crazy unhinged it was it was textbook for sure he's a cowboy fan so there were a lot of you know football parties and things like that 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 he would have and cookouts and stuff and everybody just gathered there was always 20 to 30 people in this little tiny 1800 square foot house (laughs) that's crazy i bet he threw some good parties yes I'm not a partier, so it's always a little anxious environment for yeah. me. But yeah, they were they're always fun. I always went to parties thinking, okay, something's going to go wrong. I just don't want to be in the middle of it. So yep. I always kind of kept my distance. I don't know why. Um, and you have kids, right? Three. We do. We're a very blended family. Um, we technically have his, mine, and ours. Um, we do raise all three of them full time together, though. Um, and we have our oldest is 15. We got together when she was five. So and then we have uh, so she's a sophomore. She's an athlete and a scholar. And then we have a seventh grade boy who is pretty awesome and funny and just kind of stuck in the video game world right now. That's OK. <laughs> yeah, I think and that the, have, real quick. I, I grew up on video games. You know, I know there's like a lot of bad pub about kids playing video games so much, but in reality, I mean, there's just a kid that was, Hey, how much did that kid win that played? Uh, Adrian played uh Fortnite. Did you see that? Three million, wasn't it? $3 million. Yeah. Listen, my kid can play Fortnite however much he wants. If he can bring <laughs> me a $3 million check. Cause listen, he ain't old enough to spend it. So you're going to have to fork that over to me. Cause I'm going to probably have to sign off on it for them to just cash it. I'm good. Yeah. Let the kids play like whatever. I mean, you never know that kid's going to grow up and be like a video game graphic designer or developer and make million. Who, who knows? Like you just never know. Like, I mean, I know there's gotta be balance, but I love that. I, I think, I think we should let them play. I got over it a long time ago. I don't subscribe to the screen time thing. I'm a working mom and busy. So if that's what we need to do sometimes, that's just what we need to do. So the, um, the third kid, 
mm-hmm. is a boy as well. So you got one girl, two boys, right? I do. Yeah. He's uh, six years old. He's a first grader. Um, and he is his father made over. Oh, you're in trouble. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so you got four kids in the house, including Scott, and uh-huh. you're trying to wrangle everybody around. I, I, I don't envy you, but I'm curious how you do it all. I don't, I, I'm, I'm a very organized person. Um, sometimes that translates into control. I suppose sometimes I have to have, um, a certain, you know, level of order. And I think that that helps me to kind of stay on track with, um, the business because, you know, I do a lot for that. Um, their schooling because with, with one in high school, one in middle school and one in elementary, we're spread very thin. Um, and then they're all a little bit nuts too. We're not, um, our household is, is a little loud at times, most times actually. Um, so it's just a matter, I think for me, of staying very organized, um, going one step at a time, but that's from sun up to sundown. That's awesome. Well, it seems from a distance, like you got it all under control just from me watching on social media. I don't know if you're doing that, like portraying it or if you really do have it all under control, but you're doing a killer job. Thank you. I mean, it's, it's life. Sometimes there's some crazy aspects to it. Um, not always perfect, but we, we've got it down to a pretty good system these days. That's a huge help. Um, I do obviously run a tight ship, but he's not a sideline dad. He's not a sideline worker or anything like that. He's incredibly involved in everything that we do. Yeah. I love seeing him with the kids doing the race cars or the little remote control cars. And I see you taking pictures of them playing games with the kids. I think that's awesome. I, I mean, it's hard sometimes to disconnect from work when you're so busy and, and make that time. I mean, last night I got home at like a little after eight and it kills me because I look at the clock sometimes. I'm like, man, it's seven 30. I need to go so I can at least get home to see my boy Asher before he goes to bed. Cause he's in bed and asleep by eight. So I do my best to try to make it home to at least give him a kiss and tuck him in or whatever. But lately it's been really tough. Um, and so for, for a business owner, I mean, I, my wife's a stay-at-home mom, and so we're very thankful and grateful that we've been able to do that. So I, I think the sacrifice um, is real. Like, you know, one of us has to sacrifice a lot, and part of that is, you know, time with the kids. And so I do most of the sacrificing because business is my thing, and I love it. Um, but at the same time, there are days when I'm driving home feeling a little bit of guilt uh, because I'm, I'm running a little bit late getting home and, and I know he's going to be asleep already and I'm not going to be able to give him the love I want. Right. So. It does get hard. Yeah. It definitely does. We try to balance it. Um, it's actually, it's a double-edged sword though because being in the industry actually, or owning a company within the industry has allowed us to make sure that we are at every event that they have, every game, every you know, academic thing to some extent that we don't have to miss those things because we're able to set our own schedule and do those things. Right. And I do have the flexibility to do that. Occasionally I'll miss a game or whatever, but I coached my daughter's softball team uh, last spring and this fall I'm helping coach my son's team. Uh, There was no way I was going to coach five and six year old baseball as a head coach. (laughs) So I agreed to be an assistant and, um, and it's, it's a lot of fun. So, 
Um, you know, the headaches. Scott did that for four seasons for our middle son. Yeah, it's crazy. And like the kids aren't even the bad part. It's the parents. Oh, the politics and baseball are nuts. I mean, like, let me just describe the town I'm in. I'm in a town called Buford, Georgia. And if you guys don't know, Buford, Georgia is known nationally for their athletics. So Buford High School and the rec league coming up put up some of the best softball, baseball, football players all across the country. Like it, it's expected for them to win the World Series at every age group in every sport, um, like baseball, softball, all the time. And if they don't, it's like a huge disappointment in the community. Like it's a big deal here. So like all these little league sports, I mean, if people get into them and it gets a little crazy. And so uh, we had this one game just recently. Hopefully the coach doesn't listen, but um, I was, uh, I, w- I help with the kids. I catch the, it's five and six year old. So the assistant, the head coach is pitching, I'm catching. And so like, if they don't, get the first three pitches, I think, or whatever we put them on a tee and they hit the tee. Well, I like line them up to hit it where I want them to hit it. And, and for whatever reason, like I've done really well with that all season long, but this particular game, they all hit it back to the pitcher and the pitcher was like the best pitcher in the whole league. And he got all of our guys up. We barely scored any runs and it was horrible. And one of, one of the kids like grandfathers or something was like, line them up to hit it down the third base line, duh. Like something like that. And I'm like, I look over there and I'm like, I look at the coach and I'm like, if he can do it better than me, I'm happy to send the bitch. And Be my guess. Yeah. Like, I mean, really dude, like I'm, I'm out there struggling, doing my best to get him to hit it down the third base line or first base line. And it's just not working. So that's um, a lot of pressure yeah. on kids and coaches. Yeah. So, anyway, I, that's my little rant. So, um, <laughs> what are your backgrounds? So I don't think you were in the garage door business before you met Scott, right? No, I wasn't. Well, and like I said, I met Scott when I was 20. Um, so I don't know that I necessarily had a background as always in customer service, um, which lends its hand to the phones, which is, you know, one of the main things that I do for our company is, you know, scheduling and things like that. And, but as far as, I mean, I was very much a child, in my opinion, um, when we met. And he, he's, he's groomed me um, professionally and in life as well. Um, so as far as having a background, I was just me. This is, this is all I know now. <laughs> nice. And so what was his background when y'all met? Was he already in the garage door business? He, um, he did doors. He found an ad. And this is his story, so I hope I don't fudge it up a little bit. But he had uh, he had found an ad at a young age, I want to say 18, 19, um, for a door technician um, for a very well-known company. Um, not necessarily greatly well-known, but a very well-known company. Um, he became a tech. He worked for a few different companies in the area for several years until he realized that um, he knew what he was doing enough and he had enough business sense to really do this on his own. Um, and so he branched out a couple years before we met, he was already established doing his own thing. It was small. Um, you know, he, he mostly put out bandit signs. If you don't know what those are, the kind of like the, like the election signs that you see yeah. on the side of the road, except for he was 
taking them with zip ties and he would stop at every stop sign and put them at the entrance to neighborhoods and wherever he could. So much hustle. Um, I love that. So that was, that was his kind of thing before we met. And then, cause he's, he's very business savvy with the people in person. Um, he could sell, you know, an igloo to an Eskimo and he's, he's just good at what he does, but he didn't know the computer side of it. And it just kind of clicked for me. So we, we grew it from there once we met. Isn't that crazy how that works out? Like I think about the differences between my wife and I and how, like, I feel like God puts people together for a reason. And we are polar opposites in so many ways, but we complement each other so much. But if she was just an inch like me, I mean, our whole family would be a disaster. It would be really bad. So we balance each other. It sounds like you guys do too. Absolutely. We do. We are yin and yang for sure. We, um, we like a lot of the same things. We have common interests. We like the same movies. We like the same food, stuff like that. But as far as how we operate on a day-to-day basis, we are polar opposites, but it's what makes it work. So I used to work from home cause I was in software and I remember when I first started, it was like, you get up, you get ready. And then like a couple months in, it was like, eh, I don't really feel like getting ready. And like, there'd be a day or two every once in a while where I'd be like, ah, I don't really feel like taking a shower. Like, do you wake up and just have a hard time getting ready? Or are you just that gung ho and that organized and that structured where you get up, you get ready, you do everything and then you get to work? Um, no, I, I struggle with that often. It's a, it's a weird balance between you know, the garage door industry, we have its ups and downs as far as busy seasons and things like that. Right. And that plays a huge hand into me getting on like a regular schedule of that gung ho feeling. Um, because as soon as it, it gets slow and it gets dead, you kind of lose that mojo a little bit mm-hmm. when you're at home. Um, so that's a definite struggle. I try to take those days to pop into the mom thing a lot more, even though they're at school, but there's plenty to do around the house. There's plenty to do at the school. I like to volunteer. There's, there's just a lot that can be done, but it's a definite struggle. Um, I don't have to have a, you know, like a presentation of myself every day because right. I'm not customer facing. Right. Um, but then I've also lately decided to, because I'm not an actual technician with my hands, it's been hard for me to learn a lot of the ins and outs of a door and how it works and off and things like that. So these days when the kids are in school, um, I'll pick a few days a week to truly dress out with Scott. I've got gloves. I've got everything. I'll get in a garage with him and uh, get my hands on it so that I know what I'm talking about on the phone. I literally laughed so hard when Scott posted on Facebook that he took you to a job for the first time in a while or whatever, and they had an air conditioned garage. (laughs) I had some best luck ever. (laughs) I'm like, that would be some stuff that my wife, she'd be like, she's like, your job's not that difficult. And I'd be trying to explain to her. I'm like, it is difficult. Like come ride with me. And we'd go there and it'd be like an insulated garage with, with air conditioning, uh, which never ever, ever, ever happens. I was totally shocked. I just thought that was, that was a, uh, that was a funny moment there. 
That's exactly why he posted it because we get there, he opens it up and we're both just, we struggled for a few minutes to get our composure just because (laughs) that's, that's the way of things. He was trying to show me the, you know, the hard side of Texas heat and things like that. And I'm like, well, this isn't so bad. Uh, That's funny. So I think we're starting to get an idea of the roles that you both play, but can you dive into what your role is and what his role is? And like, how do you guys make business decisions together? Um, so our role specifically, Scott is a technician. Scott tries to keep, um, all the service to himself. We have a few guys that work with us. Um, but he's so good at what he does and representing his value, our value and what we're doing um, in the industry. And so it's, it's been really hard for us to even consider handing that part of it over. Um, so that's his biggest role. Um, he doesn't do any installs. He he'll, you know, he'll sell doors and things like that to the customer, but we don't, he doesn't do that, that portion of it, but he does do service repairs and things like that himself. Um, and so that he's, he's, he's incredibly valuable when it comes to that. Um, but to that same effect, I believe that I am too. Um, on my end, I do our SEO work as well as the phones and our accounting and, and pretty much anything that would have to do within an office that's not actually fixing things. That's right. me. Um, I don't think that we would have what we have if one of us wasn't involved with it. Yeah. Do you, the SEO part, how did you learn that? Uh, self-taught actually. Um, there are countless articles, countless videos. Um, these days there's Facebook groups. There's all kind of places that you can learn, um, what to do. There are local groups that have meetings there. Um, you know, the IDA, the international door association, if you are a member, they actually have, um, like, conferences, phone conferences that you can set up and do webinars is what they're called. Um, and you can learn tips and trades, but yeah, it's been all self-taught. It's been a very long process. I still probably don't know anywhere near all of it. Not even half of it. It's an ever evolving thing, but definitely a lot of reading. It's constantly changing. I tell people all the time, they're like, people say they're, they're SEO gurus, which I find is very funny. I don't know why I think like, <laughs> any, anybody who says like they are a guru at something. I don't know. I just, I don't know. You always have room to learn something. In yeah, my yeah. Opinion. So when it comes to SEO, like the, the message boards and the things that I've always been a part of, I mean, even the people that I look up to, which I'm super pumped. I've got, I've got a woman who's like the queen of local search, uh, nationally, like n- not even home services, just nationally, she's going to be, uh, we're, we're recording her podcast, uh, this week or next, I think. Um, but she's agreed to come on and talk about local search, um, and things like that. So I don't know where yours is going to fall with hers, but I mean, sh- even she's humble enough to be like, you know, I don't know everything. Here's what I've seen. And, you know, scenarios are different, but I mean, I was doing SEO back at, like I started, with a car dealership doing SEO in, in 1999 and a frame of reference is, you know, Google launched in 1998. So SEO was completely different and I, I learned to do it 
kind of like a gangster style, which was very popular back then. I mean, you did things like write keywords in the same color as your background and you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you can't see it. Yes, yeah. You I can't see that. it. And it was like, it was packed full of keywords and there's just all these like, and then they started coming out with black hat SEO where it was like, okay, now, uh, these things will punt that will punish your site if you do these things. And so you had to change right. all that and fix it. And so it's, but you know, they used to do like an update a year and then they went right. to doing like maybe two updates a year. And now they're talking about doing, uh, multiple updates, uh, a week. And in some cases in a day. And so right. you got all these experts running around the industry trying to figure out, uh, you know, what's going on. Oh, this change just took place. I saw this. Did you guys see this? And you know, everybody's trying to figure it out. There are no gurus. There are no like experts. There might people might be people who have more time who can do research, um, and have the resources to do more research, but that's it. In my opinion. I agree with you a hundred percent. And to take that a step farther, I don't even think Google workers are gurus. I think no. that they don't even have an understanding of their algorithm. I think it's out of control on their end. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't explain it to you if they wanted to. <laughs> so on the topic of Google, are you guys seeing the same thing I'm seeing here in Atlanta? Are you seeing in McKinney just the absolute blatant abuse of reviews? Oh, 110%. Um, there's a lot of purchasing reviews happening. Um, some people don't realize it's very easy to tell, even if you're not in you know, the Google Inn, if you click on the individual that left the review, um, you can see where they're from. And when you start seeing so many out-of-state reviews for a service company that is local and not national, right. something's not adding up. There's, yeah. there's so much abuse. But to that point, um, we spent about, three, four months being the only McKinney based company on the map pack, which if for anybody that doesn't know, it's, you know, the top three on a Google search, um, under the map listings. And because so many companies are being pulled down and suspended over and over again, um, which we've, we've been subject to as well, um, for simple address changes and things like that. So it's, there's, there's something catching some things, but not enough. There's so yeah. much abuse. Yeah. I remember back in the day, I felt like they did a really good job with their, their spam filters, but it is out of control now. Like the Google, my business abuse, both in like fake listings as well as reviews. I got a company here. Um, I was even talking to Tom Wadsworth. I don't know if you listened to that one, but um, the, if you Google garage door repair, Swanee, Georgia or Swanee GA, whatever, um, it's funny. It actually comes up with a listing. You know how, like sometimes if a listing so dominant, it won't show the three pack. It'll just show the one off to the side. Yes. So it does that. Right. And then oh, no. but what's interesting is, is the name is, uh, garage door repair, Swanee, Georgia. That's the name of the business. And then instead <laughs> of having a photo of something that would be like good, it's got carpet cleaning photo in it. Ah. Yeah. So, and then, um, there's one review because they always just do one review to get it going. Um, and it's a five star of course. Um, and then, um, let's see what else. There's so much fake about it and it's so bad. I've reported it three times 
and they've done nothing about it. And I'm like, really? Like, really? I mean, it's just crazy. And then I've reported like three or four other things that were not as obvious and they took them away. I don't know. It's weird. I don't understand it. No, there's, there's some, there's an error in their system somewhere. We've got companies popping up left and right. We've got companies that are, um, on the, not to the GMB side, but the Google local services, which not Mm -hmm. everybody has yet, but we definitely do. And, you know, they rolled it out as a platform that was meant to be services and company services that are nearest to you. Right. And Mm -hmm. now they've changed that. It's all about the money at this point, in my opinion, um, because we've got companies that will show up. If I do a search as a consumer, we've got companies that will show up that are an hour away from me um, because their GMB reviews will transfer over to their local services account. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got hundreds and that's what is helping their placement. Um, but it's, so it's, it's really not local anymore. And then you've got companies, there's a, there's a company showing up around here. Their name, their headline name is, garage door repair nearest to you. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. Talking about spam. But yeah. the thing is, is For like, real. I'm curious, like how many people see that listing with the carpet cleaning photo added by owner um, and call that number or, or, you know, even that guy, you know, garage door repair McKinney near you or whatever. Hey guys, have you heard of a company named Somer? Somer builds some of the best openers on the market, which are all produced in Germany. They've busted on the scene here recently, and for good reason. They offer tons of flexibility. I'll give you a few reasons why this diehard LiftMaster fan, me, started buying Somer operators recently. The Somer team here in the U.S. provides excellent customer service and had all the answers to my questions. Roman and Andy, the U.S. reps, they're easy to deal with. The rail for this operator is in the box. Talk about space saving. Somer can solve so many problems that others can't. My experience has been amazing, and I challenge you to try Somer out yourself. Somer has some amazing deals for our listeners. To learn more about these promotions, call Somer at 704-424-5787. Use coupon code TORSIONTALK. You can also visit them online at somer-usa.com. But the thing is, is like, I'm curious, like how many people see that listing with the carpet cleaning photo added by owner um, and call that number or, or, you know, even that guy, you know, garage door repair McKinney near you or whatever. Like what percentage of people see that and think, oh, wow, that's an interesting business. It's completely relevant to what I'm looking for. Let me just call them. That's a a tough one. I think it depends on your area, Um, your market, different savvy. um, You know, where I'm at, I love the area, but we've got a lot of (laughs) entitled (laughs) individuals with money to burn that don't pay attention to things like that when they call. It's just call, get it fixed, get out of here, don't ask questions. And I'm not sure that they pay attention to things like that, whereas a rural or more rural areas, I, I feel like the consumer would be looking a little bit harder because their options aren't as, as plenty. Right. Um, but personally, no, I wouldn't. I would notice that right off the bat. But we're also in this. So So are you, do you guys have uh, bad bobs in your oh, area? Absolutely. You do? Absolutely. And I guess mm-hmm. they're probably everywhere, but um, is it, how prominent is it there? 
Um, well, the original Bad Bob is actually, you know, their base, their base location, their phone is 20 minutes from us. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're, they're home base. And, you know, and that's when I talked about Scott and where he got his start. It's actually where he got his start. Um, he trained under the OG Bad Bob guy himself. And um, he learned a lot from it. He learned a lot what not to do. Right. Um, he learned a, a lot of decent techniques, but they, the more, but this was, this was 15, 20 years ago. So it wasn't as bad as it was, as it is now, as it was back then. But yeah, we definitely have them. Um, I think to be really honest with you, bad bobs, I don't like it. I, I don't, I stand for a lot of things with customers and, and ripping people off and things like that. I feel like the bigger threat to our industry right now is, the fly by night, overnight price cutting individuals that pop in for a month, fix a few things or however long, and then they're not there when the customer needs them again. And then they're hurting the rest of us. Yep. I agree. Devaluing the trade. Uh, I, I think you and I discussed prior to going live that I feel like the like a lot of the tradesmen in our industry have a very handyman type mentality when it comes to fixing doors and also uh, charging for the service. Mm -hmm. And we're a specialty trade. Like, I mean, I feel like we're a specialty trade. We, We should charge accordingly. And I totally agree with you because I mean, I think the larger companies are feeling it. Like I, I genuinely believe like the big boys in Atlanta, I, I think they've lost a chunk of business because there's so many little guys that are undercutting everybody. And, you know, they're being referred on social media because they're the cheapest. And oh, yeah. so you get a lot of that. And, um, you know, I, I just, I'm very blunt about it, right? Like people, uh, like I'll see sometimes people post, you know, looking for cheap garage door repair, anybody got a recommendation and somebody will tag me and I'll just reply. I'm not cheap. And, (laughs) and you know, like I normally don't win that one, but I'm very blunt. Like, I'm just, I'm going to tell you how it is. I'm not the cheap guy. If you you want to race at the bottom, you'll let the other five companies battle it out. I'm not interested. Um, I agree. And so that's a, I, I love Scott for his mentality of how he values himself, his time. I mean, think about it. He's, you know, I don't know how long you guys went as like a one and two person company before you started bringing people on, but you only have so many hours in a day. You got to maximize every single opportunity. Every dollar counts to building your business and helping you get to the point where you can hire additional people and then grow. And when you hire additional people, you either got to like cut back or sometimes you got to charge a little bit more. And so you got to take all those things into consideration. And I just think that there's like a lot of really bad business people in our industry and they don't know, they just don't know. And so um, I'm hoping that this podcast helps bring attention to the fact that there's so many people undercharging and, you know, you, you don't have to do that to win business. Like you can actually invest in yourself, learn sales, learn marketing, invest in your company, have plans to grow and, and invest in yourself and being better and charge more. I agree a hundred percent. 
um, there's a there's a line between taking advantage of a customer that's on on you know the black hat side of everything, mm-hmm. and then there's valuing what you do and knowing that you'll be around when the customer needs it. And it's also about standing up to what you do as well. If you're going to warranty something or you're going to charge the appropriate price, if something goes wrong, if there's anything, you have to be there for the customer when they need you. You can't expect them to pay what you're worth if you can't stand up to your value. Right. Totally agree. So how do you think, so Scott was in the garage door business for a long time. I mean, where did he get his business savvy? Is some of it just natural or did he just pay attention to the, his surroundings as he was going up through the ranks? Well, do not tell him I said this, Uh-oh. but <laughs> just kidding. it's natural. Scott is, um, Scott's a jack of all trades. First of all, um, it doesn't matter. I actually have talked about this several times. I like to break things around here just to give him something to do. <laughs> um, but he is, he's my wife knows better. It'll just sit right? there for months. <laughs> he, well, I didn't say he gets hurt right away, but yeah. <laughs> he, um, he's incredibly intelligent. He's, he's book smart. He's street smart. He's, he is people oriented. He's goal oriented. He's just, he's intelligent. He's been like that. Um, according to his mother from day one, um, I've never seen any other side of him. It's actually, you know, probably one of the things that drew us together is his mind and the conversations we can have. He's just, he's very smart, um, on all aspects. Um, it comes to him, we call it the gift of gab. We come to him very naturally. Um, he, even with our pricing and, and knowing what we're worth and being, you know, ahead of, of some of the other companies around here as far as cost, he does not have an unha- unhappy customer. I mean, don't be wrong, in a, in a decade of doing this, yes, we have had some here and there. Um, but on an average, he leaves the customer with a smile on their face because he is kind, he is knowledgeable, and that is just, that is very natural for him. That's awesome. I believe it. I genuinely believe it. Just knowing him and, you know, being be it watching you guys from a distance on Facebook and seeing you guys interact in the group. Uh, I definitely believe all of that is true. And, um, I think he's, uh, he's a connector. And I think that there's not a lot of people like that. Um, but he's just not like, it's strange because you have people who are really good at one-on-one connections, which is what I believe I am, but I really suck at group connections and he's really good at both. Like, I feel like he's good at individual connections and group connection, like bringing groups together. He is. He's very, very, very talented at it. It's very natural to him. Um, he's, I'm not that way. I'm the opposite, but he's bringing me out of that. I'm very much a introvert and he is not. Um, so that's been another one of those. You're not an introvert. You'd be surprised. I, I'm I'm good behind a screen, but in person, I'm very much an introvert. Really, I'm surprised. I am. I am. <laughs> so, full time mom, four kids, including your husband, garage door CEO, dispatcher, marketing planner. Now, Facebook group manager slash admin slash keep all the guys tame to a degree and an organization that 
a few of you have launched called VLO. Let's hit on the deplorables, the garage door tech deplorables group. How did you guys get involved in that? How long has it been around? Um, I'm, I'm actually not, I want to say it was started in 2016. Um, there's a guy named Kevin Pike that saw a need for, there's a, you know, there's a few, actually there's probably several garage door groups on Facebook. Um, he saw a need for one that wasn't quite so PC. Um, it had, what does that mean? Well, a lot of the garage door groups, a lot of rules, a lot of restrictions on what you can talk about, um, keeping it work oriented all the time. Um, you know, things like that. And I, I believe that Kevin saw a need for a group that could step away from the doors, uh, talk about family, talk about your hobbies, talk about your life, be who you are, which a lot of these guys are a little rough around the edges. Like we've talked about. Um, yeah. And so he created the group to give everybody, you know, that outlet, um, there's plenty of door talks. These guys go back and forth on suggesting guys and girls, excuse me. We have some of the coolest girl texts in there. Um, and created the group. I want to say in 2016, but that is a guess because I was not there when it started. Um, Scott came on with them and I was not in there. He was in there for quite a while before I was. And I was looking at the back of his screen all the time, (laughs) the back of his phone. Um, because he just loved this group from the start and what it was about and, and, you know, the interactions he was having. And so finally one day, I actually remember we were at the movies um, and there was a conversation. He had posted a picture of me and him at the movies and there was a big conversation about it. And I kept going, let me see the comments. Let me see the comments (laughs) and taking his phone. And he goes, you know what? That's enough. Just get in the group. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And so I got in and, it was, it was kind of a hit from there. That was in 2017, um, late 2017, whenever I got into the group. Um, and it's been a blast. We've met so many people you and I have met. Um, we've met so many people from all across the nation um, that are in the page, in the industry, some not in the industry, some that are spouses of, you know, your men or women and, um, There's a growing trend of females joining. There is, and it's awesome. It's (laughs) fantastic. Y'all are planning a takeover, it feels like. We really are. I'm the first female admin on the page, and we're... It's not a hostile takeover. I like these guys. It's definitely going to (laughs) happen. So this group is super active. Like, I mean, there's tons of comments, tons of posts a day. As an admin who also has, like, a full-time job and mom, all that stuff. How do you guys keep up with everything on the group itself? The admin team, um, I don't, I don't want to say there's five to seven of us somewhere in there, um, between admins and moderators. It's a really good group, um, of people that kind of, I wouldn't say we take shifts because we're not on the schedule or anything, but we all kind of look here and there. Um, we're as active as the members as even if we weren't admins. So we see things, um, there's not a whole lot of rules in the group. Um, so sometimes it gets a little out of hand and we have a chat that the admins do and we just kind of make decisions here and there if we need to chat through the day. Um, we, we check it when we can. Um, but we're, we're all pretty involved because it's such a close knit, even with, you know, 2,500 people, it's such a close knit group. 
Um, the communication is pretty open, pretty easy. Tension here and there. Sometimes it happens. We're all human. We're all tired. Um, but we all make it work by working together. And the guys themselves do a really great job of, of governing most things. So even if we don't see it, we'll get tagged. Um, the members are good, the core members especially, which isn't necessarily who was there first, but it's just the ones that interact the most, the ones that value the group the most. Um, they're as much of a help to running things as the admins are. So there's some pros and cons to being a member of this group. <laughs> For me, like I remember in the very beginning, there's two types of posts that get me every time. Number one is the dead posts. Um, for whatever reason, everybody likes to post these really gruesome, like people dying or coming close to death videos, being electrocuted, like decapitated, like whatever. And so I can't like, I don't know. It's maybe it's a guy thing. I have no clue, but I can't not click on it to see what it is especially when everybody's commenting. Yeah. I mean, it's like you don't want to watch, but you can't not look. So I'm, I'm every time I press the button, every time I'm like, I can't believe I just watched that. And then the other one is, uh, I don't think it happens as much anymore. I don't know if you guys put a squash on it, but like, I'll still remember I was probably a week in the group. I'm sitting in the living room and my kids are watching TV and I see this video. And it had a police car in it. And it said something about um, a high speed chase or something. And I'm like, oh, this is probably pretty good. And I click on it and it immediately, it has the car, but it immediately goes into like this woman moaning. Oh, no. And I like, I freaked out because I didn't know, like, you, it puts you in this predicament, like, what are you doing over there? And yep. I mean, it was not good. And so I got had two or three times on that once in public, by the mm-hmm. way, where everybody was looking at me like, oh, my God, you're so disgusting. Um, and then twice at my house. And so now I do not watch any videos unless I turn the volume all the way down but I learned my lesson. It took three times for me to get that. But um, I know that was a big thing back in the day. Uh, but it it's, should be an announcement on the Facebook group um, right at the top that just says a full disclaimer, turn your volume down yeah. no matter where you are. <laughs> but you know what? Like, it, it's funny. Like, I, I, the group reminds me not to take life too seriously. And I need that reminder on a daily basis sometimes because it can get a little bit hard. And so my wife, like I'll be sitting on the couch reading posts and I'll be chuckling or smiling and she'll be like, what are you doing? I'm like, these guys in this group, it's just hilarious. And so it's just fun. It's just fun. Like, uh, and it does remind you not to take life too serious. I think sometimes lately, uh, some people have gotten too serious in the group and I think it defeats the purpose. And so, um, uh, I think we're kind of going through that transition right now, but, uh, I think, I think it, you know, the good rises to the top and I think it'll get back to having fun. I think it already started, has already has started going back to the way it was just within the last week. Um, I, I know we're trying as admins. We had a long discussion about, 
you know, with growth comes growing pains, um, which is some of those things that you're talking about, about the seriousness of things or, or people being crude or, or, you know, just different things like that. And we had a long chat as admins and we reminded ourselves what really makes it great, which is the involvement um, between members whether it's professionally or personally. So we've tried to make an attempt lately to each of us, you know, make some sort of post trying to pull in conversations on either topic. Um, and then the contests and things that we do where we, we ask for dirtiest garage photos or toughest job or best family photo on a vacation, just different things like that. It really pulls the guys together again and reminds them what the group's about. So as an admin, what do you get out of it? Oh, that's a tough one, especially lately when we're talking about the growing <laughs> pains, because um, that was just stress. Um, as an admin, I feel I, I'm the last, one of the last, actually, I think I am the last admin, the newest admin on there and the only female. Um, I think it gives the women a voice in the group a little bit um, because guys can be guys, you know. Um, and so it helps. I feel, I feel like I'm doing that for them. Um, and aside from that, it helps me with some of the other things that I'm running. I mean, Scott does the contest. He was already an admin. And so he runs these contests. Well, I'm still doing it with him, even if I wasn't an admin. So putting me in that position helps me and aids me, um, to do those things with him. Um, it helps us to start an organization. It, it, it makes me feel a little bit more involved. Um, it makes me feel like I'm not just Scott's wife, I suppose. Right. And these groups, there's tons of them. Like, I think I'm part of probably like six or seven garage door groups, if not a few more, but they're really pulling the industry together in my opinion. And it almost feels kind of small. Like, I don't know. I've learned a lot from watching videos or seeing posts of different types of installs and it's question like it's it's allowed me to question things that I do and why I do them and I mean the comments are sometimes as if, as more valuable than the post itself as long as they're constructive and, and I love all the conversation and the different views like the information that you can take in and learn is crazy how do you see these groups evolving Cause I mean, like, I don't even think this was a thing more than, you know, a few years ago, but what's the next step do you think from Facebook groups to bringing garage door guys together? Um, I think we're already taking those steps to be honest. Um, if you, if you are in the groups and you know that there has been several different meetups across the nation, um, Scott and I personally have flown out to a few of them. Um, we, our family vacations, we've even met up with guys around the area. And I think that's a, a personalized step that is awesome. Um, but it also transcends professionally. There's no way you get a bunch of door guys together without them talking about their business point blank. It's right. not going to happen. They're all going to do it. They're all going to share ideas at some point. Um, even if they're just talking about, man, this door sucked or, or, you know, something like that. But then it also translates into helping each other grow. I've, you know, when we talk about the SEO stuff, I've had several people reach out for tips and tricks and things like that. And I don't, 
I don't see anybody as competition, even if you're in my area. I think there is plenty for us to go around. And if we all stick together on our worth and things like that, we grow. Um, so I think that that is a vital part of these groups. Um, even if it's not deplorable, like you said, there's so many of them. They all have their value um, in pushing each other and making the industry better. And I think if we just stick on that trend with continuing to be partners um, instead of competition, then I think that it'll continue to grow us, you know, going back to our prices, going back to our value, but also our craftsmanship and going back to how well we do what we do. We're all sharing knowledge. So we're, that's translating to the customer as well. Right. So let's take it to the next step, which is one thing that I'm really enjoying through this group. And that is the uh, VLO organization. What does VLO stand for? Vertical lift outreach. And why did you start it or why did y'all start it? I know it wasn't exactly just you, but I think it's a group of you guys, right? Uh, yeah, so uh, there was a call to action on the page um, of how we could take these conversations, this group, this involvement, and be better. How we could all be better people, how we could give back to the world, how we could, you know, help people. It stemmed off of, I believe in, it was in 2017, I think it was, or maybe early 2018, but there was a member of Garage Door Tech Deplorables that passed away from a tragic car accident. Um, I started a GoFundMe for the wife. Um, they were a, a little two-man show, him and her, and when he passed, he left everything to her, and she really didn't know what she was going to do on top of. They were in the middle of a home remodel. It was, it was a mess, and the guy was local to me. So we reached out to the page. We ended up raising you know, over $15,000. These guys just poured their heart out. Um, and then a group of us locally actually went to her home and put our hands on the remodel and started finishing that out. And coming off of that, we realized that the group was capable of so many things in life um, and so many great actions past you know, their daily lives, how we could affect other people. And so when the call to action was was put forth on the group of what's the next thing, what can we do? We started kind of think of it. Um, I, my name was called up and asked to head it off. And I said, yeah, cause it, it kind of spoke to me on a different level of what I could do. And so I pulled together a board. Um, so we have, we have five total, including myself on the board for the VLO. Um, we, we started you know, tinkering with ideas. We're actually working on the legitimacy of the organization right now, trying to push it to a 501c3 organization to help with those bigger donors that, um, you know, could have the tax write off and things like that. Um, but it, it was kind of bred from little acts that we saw here and there through the group. And we realized what we were capable of and how we could help and how we could impact communities everywhere. That's awesome. And we just recently had a guy in the group break his back, right? We did. Um, we had a, a member go down. Um, the you know the way that we're raising funds uh, right now. The first kind of idea that we're tinkering with, and it's gone well so far. We've had two raffles. Um, we do a raffle in the group for you know a, a set amount of uh, a price on the ticket. We raffle off items that have been donated um, from different members or different vendors that are. We have a few vendor representatives in the group. And they have sent items 
um, you know, to my home or like I said, we've had some members that have some items to ship them out. We raised money. The first time that we put a raffle out, we raised, raised over $6,000 in the raffle. And then we had flat donations, a little over 1400, um, to start growing our funds. Um, the second one, we actually set a limit on it because we had such a cool tool in the, um, mm-hmm. in the raffle. sponsor of ours. Go ahead oh, and the say Sherwinder. It. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, Sherwinder. They, um, Chris with Sherwinder sent us, um, sent us the piece right after the first raffle. He said, I love what you guys are doing. Here's my contribution. Um, keep going. And we appreciated that so much. And we had a great response when we did that raffle and we raised $5,000 again. Um, and so the money sits there, um, everything's transparent among the board, um, the money sits there and we have an application for right now we're, we're keeping it in deplorables until we can kind of get everything situated cause it is still fairly new. Um, but we have an application for when a member, you know, goes down with work, um, or, you know, a spouse goes down of theirs and they're financially stuck, you know, any kind of weather related catastrophes, anything like that can be put through just to say, Hey ma'am, I'm struggling. I'm door brother, door sister. What can we do? Um, we had an application come through and we were able to make a unanimous decision, a no brainer to help someone out, um, maximize our donation to them. And we were able to, you know, take care of some good stuff for him. And it's, it was a really great sign that what we're doing is working and we're so excited to keep pushing forward. That's awesome. Well, I look forward to participating in more of the raffles and whatever else you guys come up with, because I'm a true believer in what you guys are doing. And, uh, I had the blessing and I didn't even know it was a thing, but I won the humanitarian award last year. You better believe I'm going to be nominating you guys for, the humanitarian award this year. And I hope it's well-deserving. I hope you guys win it uh, because what you guys are doing, I don't think there's anything like it in the industry. I, uh, I appreciate that. That's, that's incredibly humbling. Um, I haven't seen anything like that in the industry just yet. I hope that there is though. Um, I hope it's a trend. I hope we set forth a new path where this ragtag, you know, group of individuals um, is making a real impact on local communities everywhere. That's awesome. So what's the big vision? Is it the VLO? I mean, you go on 5013Cs or you guys are going legit, um, being able to give charitable donations. Have you guys talked about anything else, anything that you can share here that might be coming down the pipe? Yeah, I mean, nothing's, nothing's right now because we have a lot of paperwork that you have to kind of go through. But we've got the, the board themselves. Um, you know, we've got one of the people on our board, uh, Robin Nell. She's, you know, she's a Love master her. technician. She's, a, she's bad. She's awesome. Um, and she's a great mind for these kind of things. We've got uh, Chris Lowry, who's a technician for A1 Garage Doors. I believe you actually did a podcast with his boss. Yep. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And he actually came up with the, you know, the name for vertical lift outreach. He's a, he's a great contributor. Um, we've got Matt Schreier, who is a technician in Connecticut, mm-hmm. um, who has, he's such a big part of the group, um, on the personal connections. He's actually been kind of dubbed as one of our PR guys just because 
she's so good with all the members and, and chatting with them. Um, and then we've got a Soma rep named Roman Troyer, who business oh, savvy, another, man, you talk about it. Another one of our sponsors. Is he? Summer-USA.com. Awesome. Make sure you guys visit. Buy a summer opener. A little plug Absolutely. there. Shameless. <laughs> no, Roman's, um, he's a great business mind. Um, and so with that group of people, we are bouncing around some serious ideas, you know, of, of, of where we can go and what we can do. And, you know, one of the things that we have, we've kind of chatted about is eventually getting to a, a place where we can find um, veteran projects around the nation um, where we can, we can submit to them and have our members, we, you know, we can donate to our members for their supplies and their time through the VLO funds. And then that would cover their costs where it looks, it, it, they're volunteering for these vets and these projects and these things. Um, but we're also helping them with their overhead because we know that's a real thing. Everybody has mouth yeah. Everybody can do that. So we want to start reaching out um, to communities everywhere. We want to start pushing that um, and make sure that we are erasing the stain of what some of these bad bogs have put on the door industry with all these Dateline TV shows and things. We want to we want to change what we look like um, and make sure that, you know, the world knows that garage door technicians are not bad people, that we want to give back. We want to do those things. Right. I think that's awesome. And the, along the lines with the Dateline thing, I found it interesting that, you know, I think they said like they had five or six companies come out and like help them out uh, and do it the right way. Uh, and then they found one or two that didn't do it the right way. But I, I think that's the case genuinely. Like I, I want to believe it's the case. I know there's certain areas that are probably worse than others. I know Atlanta is probably one of the worst, um, but I, I know a lot of really, really good garage door companies here locally that compete with me. And I, I will tell people straight up if they say, Hey, we're, you know, we're looking at, um, graves or we're looking at, uh, my buddy at top notch or whatever. And I'll tell them straight up. I'm like, look, they're good guys. Like they'll do good work. Uh, I mean, I, what do you want me to say? Like, I mean, I know them. they're good, you know? So, yeah. I mean, it's just, who do you like more and who do you want to do business with? That's what you got to decide. Uh, and, and I love, that there's good companies out there that do good work. And it's just the small amount that make the biggest noise and do give us kind of that, uh, that black eye for our industry. But you know, it, it's every industry, right? I mean, you got car dealers are the same way. You got HVAC, you got electrical, there's a bunch of different companies, but I think the reason we struggle with it so much, Christina is there's no barrier of entry to get in you don't need a license. Like there's no, right. like you don't have to be certified. You don't have to have a license like you do with HVAC or electrical. You don't, you don't have to be, you know, there's no laws around the garage door industry and what a technician has to be. You just, right. you don't even have to know. Like I started a company with one week of training in the field and knowing a little bit about marketing in the, in the back uh, side of the running the business. And that's it. That was it. Like literally, I launched a business off of one week of training in the field. How bad is but that? But you're a good egg. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I happen to be, but how many are out there with one week of training that don't have the same good intentions that I did? Plenty, plenty. 
They don't make it, but they make enough of an impression to give us that, that reputation. Um, and then you, you start playing the media into it. You know, it's an easy film. It's an easy thing for them to call out. It's a a good watch for, for anybody tuning in. Um, so if we start pushing and give the media a reason to, to see the good side, right. And maybe we can change that, but yeah, that's. But I, but I think you touched on it too. That's every industry. We're just an easy target. Yeah, yeah, and it may happen a little bit more with garage doors than electricians or whatever. But I mean, I, I go to people's houses all the time, and like right now, because the economy's so good, everybody's hiring contractors. How many times yeah. do you think Scott's walked up on a house that's just been renovated and the homeowner's like, I just got screwed so bad with one of the contractors. We, I hear Countless. it all the time and my I guys are too. hearing it all the time. Like they took my deposit, they did this, they did that. They didn't do the job right, whatever. And so I, I'm just like, man, I feel really bad, but what am I supposed to do? Like, I'm just going to do a good job on my part and wish the best for you. Cause there's not a whole lot like I can do for you. Um, I got to tear your floor up and try to relay it. Cause it's probably gonna look worse than the last guy did. Um, but yep. all right. So y- I love you to death, Christina, you and your husband Aww. are amazing. I love watching and following you guys on Facebook. I've got a couple of quick hitters. I call them quick hitters. We did it the first week and then I haven't done it uh, in a while. So I'm gonna ask you a few questions, just quick answers. Um, and then we'll wrap it up. So what garage door and opener do you guys have on your home? Garage door's junkie. <laughs> garage door with a, a garage door guy with a junkie door. It's a non-insulated pan door. There's uh, nothing. Short panel raised. What you got? Yep. Yep. Okay. Short panel raised almond junk. But you, you, know, you know you can insulate it, it. You can go to Home Depot and buy the insulation kit. I've seen that. You can I'm put some kidding. tin foil on the back and <laughs> the homeowner special. <laughs> what kind of opener do you have? Right now we're rocking a genie. Um, we've got a, a genie belt drive, and it's it's actually pretty amazing. I'm not going to lie to you. We've always been primarily lift master um, people, but I truly believe genie's coming a long way. It was gifted to us um, by a representative named Tony um, at a show that we went to, and you know what? It's been it's been pretty sweet. So I'm a huge fan of lift master and Somer. And just because there's been a ton, like, I mean, an ungodly amount of like builder grade genies in the area just fail. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I've had kind of like this negative feeling toward genie. And over the last probably, I'd say six to eight months, I'm seeing a shift in the marketplace and maybe I'm imagining yeah. it. I don't know. But Genie's really doing a good job of not only like uh, branding themselves, but listening to dealers. And I think they're making the right moves. And LiftMester may own the market share, but I got a feeling Genie's going to catch up soon. And and I even reached out to the VP, um, I forgot her name, and uh, told her. I mean, I know I sound like a pompous doing this, but I'm like, look, like... I feel like the train is coming and I love you guys. I think you guys do a phenomenal job, but maybe there's not enough listening. You know what I'm saying? Like from, from, from the dealers, 
there's a lot of frustration, I think, when it comes to LiftMaster and dealers. And, and I don't have a problem with their product. I think their product's great. Um, but I, I think there's some things happening, especially like the Chamberlain versus the LiftMaster thing. Um, you know, the pricing, the increases, basically having the same models in the stores, giving two remotes and a keypad to the consumer for the price of almost what we pay for it. And, you know, making us... Uh, get one, one remote, no keypad, no extra remote. Uh, it, it kind of has put a little bit of a sour taste in everybody's mouth, paying so much for transmitters. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like, uh, Jeannie's done a really, really good job lately. And for the first time about a month ago, I told one of my texts, I said, we're going to start looking at Jeannie and just see what they have to offer. Cause I know it's not all the builder grade stuff. Like every manufacturer LiftMaster has the, you know, the cheap motors that also break down in 10 years, but they have the sure. elite series that I really love. I love the WLED. I love the 8,500 W I love the 8,355 W like, I, and I know them so I can explain to the customers exactly the difference. I don't know much about Genie, but I can promise you one thing. I'm probably going to be researching them here soon and I'll probably buy a few and install them and see how I think, you know, what I think about them because I like what they're doing on social media. I like how they're branding themselves. I like how they're taking initiative. I think the biggest challenge for me is getting over the fact that they're owned by overhead door. I agree with you a hundred percent. Um, I have always been, we both Scott and I both list master fanatics. I hard loyal is what it is. I think they're making a few mistakes as far as, you know, us little guys go, um, with putting their products out to the consumer on Amazon and things like that at the same cost that we can get them. It makes it really hard when a customer can pop back into the house, pull up their phone and see a price and realize that, you know, we have to charge for our time as well. Um, I think they're making some mistakes there, which is a little. Now, are they controlling that? Because I was under the impression that they have some bulk buyers who might be buying through distributors and then putting them on Amazon. And it's my understanding that they're trying to track it down, but that's a hard task to do as well. Like maybe not all of that's on them with the Amazon thing. Uh, But at the same time, you know, I was told once they drop one, another one pops up. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It may be. I don't, I don't know. I know that we don't get a clear answer when we bring it up, um, which I, I can't expect them. If they don't have a clear answer, they probably can't give us one, obviously. Right. But um, <laughs> excuse me, the, the, the opener that I told you we have, it was gifted to us on this entire concept of please give us a chance. Like, please understand that we are making a comeback. We're making some changes. You know, like I said, we have um, Jeannie Reps in our group and they're listening to these guys. They're paying attention to the actual text in the field that understand that Jeannie has a bad rep because of how many callbacks. And I'm not, I'm not promoting anybody. I'm not, I'm not getting paid to do any of this. I'm, I'm not promoting Summer. Just, I get paid well, to do it. <laughs> I'm not I'm promoting up with Jeannie. You. I just, I, I can see we're all human every industry changes. Um, and I think that their product, their design, their, their outlook, their approach is all changing and shifting. Um, and I think that that's what we're doing right now. We're testing some things out because you never really know if anything's bad until you start getting those callbacks. Right. Um, but we're, we put it up on our own house 
to test it out here and like see it? how long it lasts us. I do. It's quiet. Um, it's never failed. It's got some, some good features. You know, they've got the Aladdin system, um, which is a lot like the MyQ as far as controlling it with the Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Never fails. Um, kids can use it. You can set up other, other users without full control. Um, I think I'm going to reach out to LiftMaster and see if I can get them on the show. And right? Jeannie. I would. I would. I think I would good. do it. I don't want to make it a bashing session, but I mean, the no, warning signs are there, right? Like when you're they on, t- when you're on the Hill and you've been there for so long, the targets on you, I mean, you got to work twice as hard to stay on the Hill than you do sometimes to get up there. And Absolutely. I think, I think Somer and I think Jeannie are really trying to push to get on the Hill. I think Jeannie's got a better chance to get on the Hill than Soma right now, just because of the pure bandwidth and the employees uh, in the U S but the approach that Somer's taken is incredible. Like Roman being involved, helping out, you know, being basically tech support on social media. Like, I mean, you can pick up the phone and call him. If he doesn't pick up, he calls you right back. I mean, that, that's hard to get these days. The level of customer service and branding and all that stuff. I just, I think it's really cool. And I think LiftMaster has to pay attention to the dealer and I feel like the dealer feels like um, they've turned their back on us a little bit. And um, and I don't know. I, I agree. I think they've got companies coming from him for them. Um, Roman Troy is a unicorn of all things. Yeah. Um, but it's out there. It's, it's coming for him. I think they got to a really pretty spot on their shelf and they kind of coasted. And if they don't pay attention there's somebody that's going to encroach on their territory a lot heavier than they expected. That WLED and the new 8500W though is sweet. I know. It is hard to not not love everything that they do. They built a great, the Elite Series are my favorite. All right, next question. We went off on a tangent on that one. These are supposed to be quick hitters. All right, so job that you can brag about. Like, do you have one job where you're like, I'm going to post this on social media and blast it everywhere? Uh, well, we have a, there's a home here. So in my area, there's a very strong HOA presence, um, that they love uniformity and they are not pleased with customers wanting to upgrade from a pan door to, you know, a nice cedar door, an overlay or things like that. They're not, they're not happy with that. And we make an effort on our customers behalf to help them with any paperwork possible, to jump through these hurdles. And when I say hurdles, man, it goes on and on and on. Um, we did that a couple of years ago for a lady um, here locally and, and we got her pushed through and, and she was, you know, that was the last piece to her perfect home. That's awesome. Um, and we, we got it pushed through. And then a couple of years later, Scott and I moved and we're actually neighbors now. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so I get to look at this door and think about, you know, the process all the time and I enjoy it. We love to ride a golf cart and we go past that door all the time. And I get the good old, good old phrase from Scott when he's talking to the kids, look, daddy worked on that door. (laughs) That's awesome. All right. So the next one is what is one thing not many people know about you guys or your company? We are, we are small. Um, most people, when we talk about the things that we're doing, that we're moving, Scott and I really run the show. Um, we put, our entire existence into it. And it's a lot more up and down than most people realize. 
Um, but it's something that we care about. It's something that we've built our entire existence on. Um, and we'll keep pushing through, but it really, really is just him and I, you know, pulling through this world and trying to make a difference. So small by choice or you guys just are continuing to grow? No, small by choice. Um, we don't have an, um, a desire to overextend. We kind of like where we're at. We're growing, um, as far as pushing into other cities, but we still intend to grind everything out ourselves. We like this. This is what, this is who we are. This is what we do. It may be a trust issue. Maybe we don't trust anybody with our livelihood. Um, That's fair yeah, enough. this is our desire to be where we are. I like it. Last question. Give our listeners one tip you use to grow your company. Research. I Research. Learning, learning new things. Don't be complacent. Um, there's so many things out there that you can learn about marketing, about even if it's sales, there's so many good t- tips out there for you to learn about how to be better with customers, how to push your brand, your value, um, how to how to do these online, you know, on-site, off-site SEO things. Research, look it up, give your time. You're reading everything on Facebook. Give an hour to that if you can here and there. You will learn so much. Great advice. I'm a huge researcher. I think that's great advice. Probably the best tip I've seen. Listen, Christina, you are amazing. Thank you for everything you're doing with VLO, the Garage Door Deplorables Group. And um, sounds like your company's destined for great things to continue. And uh, if I had to give one piece of advice to you guys is I would hire and grow your company and trust the people that you guys bring in. I know that's extremely difficult uh, but I just think that you guys have a good thing and I think you could take it to the next level. And, uh, and so if you guys want to stay small, stay small, do you think I'm all for that, but you guys have the talent, the know-how, the drive, the reputation to make it happen. You just got to make that jump. And I believe you guys, if you do, you guys will do great with it. Well, thank you so much. We've got a lot of plans. Um, we want to run the show forever. That's, that's just where we are right now, but we're definitely interested in all these things. And thanks for letting me on. It was fun to talk about everything. Yeah, definitely. Had a good time. Well, enjoy your day. Get back to your son. I know he's sick today, right? He is. He is down and out. And I'm sure you got some phone calls to make from missed calls being on here with me. Tell Scott, I'm sorry we missed them. We'll have you guys on uh, together another time. Uh, we're trying to get out to IDA Expo and do like a live show there or something. And we're uh, oh, hoping to have you guys and a bunch of other people join us. But uh, have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us on the show. And for our listeners, go on to Garage Door Tech Deplorables. Um, there's a VLO uh uh, page that you can go on and get updates. And, uh, so join all of those. Thank you for listening. We appreciate your time and stay true to the industry. Don't charge too much. Don't charge too little, but charge what you're worth. And we appreciate your time. Have a wonderful day. Thanks. You too. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I'm Hannah with Such and Such Media. Our team specializes in garage door marketing. So make sure to visit us at garagedoormarketing.co.